When you use it as a standalone word, it is the ultimate statement of self-existence and self-sufficiency. And only God can say, I am. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Today on In Grace, we are going to continue to answer Bible questions, and we've got some really good ones for you today. I'm Jim Scudder, and I'm enjoying this series because I enjoy digging into Scripture, trying to answer people's questions that they have about the Bible. And today we've got another couple great questions, and these all relate to the names of God that we find in Scripture. A lot of people are a little confused when they come to, it says, the Lord in the Bible and the the first letter is capitalized and then the rest, O-R-D, are small letters and then some are all caps, L-O-R-D. And we're gonna explain that today and understand why that is, why the English has translated that and tell you what the Hebrew words are behind that. We're gonna talk about uh, how there is a lot of names for God in the Bible. There's the personal name, Y-H-W-H, might be pronounced Yahweh, or adding the vowels, Yehovah. And so we're going to talk about that. Adonai uh, is Lord, large L, but small O-R-D, which means master. We're going to talk about, you know, when Moses asked God who he is, and God said, I am. And so these are really, really powerful things to know the name of God and to understand the different variations of that. So I'm excited about today's In Grace, and I hope that you are as well as together we go to the Scripture to find answers to life and to eternity. Some of you have been asking, how do I get the entire answer series on CD. Well, we can get that to you. We have that product available. Just go to our website, ingraceradio.com, and there look for our resource called Answers. It's all on one audio CD, and I think you'll really enjoy this answer series. Again, ingraceradio.com. And while you're on our website, I'd encourage you to check out our trip to Israel. We're going in February of next year, 2024. That one's probably about full or full, but you can look at our 2025 trip. Again, that's in February. We'd love to show you the beautiful land of Israel. Next question. And these are really three questions all relating to the same thing. There's a verse in Psalms, Psalm 110, in verse 1, where the Lord is used twice close together, but one is caps, L-O-R-D, and one is capital L, small O-R-D. Isn't that interesting? Have you ever come across that and wondered why that is? Well, here's the verse. The Lord, capital, all caps, said unto my Lord, capital and then small letters, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. And by the way, this continues. It's a short psalm. You should read it sometime. Verse 4 talks further about, I believe, um, the Messiah. This is a reference to the Messiah. You know, what's really interesting about this verse. This is the most quoted psalm in the Bible. The most quoted psalm is Psalm 110. Peter quoted it, and you know who else quoted it? Jesus quoted it. We know that King David wrote this because Jesus said so and Peter said so. So what's really interesting is we're going to see Jesus use this to confound the religious elite of the day, the Pharisees. They thought they were pretty good. They thought they knew everything. 
And Jesus used this because it's a riddle. How could the Lord say unto my Lord? Right? What does this mean? And if this is David talking, who's the king of Israel, there's no one higher than the king of Israel in Israel. So how would David have a Lord? Right? Isn't this interesting? So before we talk about all that, let's talk about this. This word Lord in the original in Hebrew is, and this is getting a little complicated. So we're not going to make it real complicated. We're going to make it simple. But this is this word or our transliteration, basically an acronym of the Hebrew word. But what's interesting about Hebrew, ancient Hebrew, and actually even modern Hebrew on their billboards and newspapers, there's no vowel points. These are only consonants. So how do you know how to pronounce a word then, right? Well, we have words. We have some words that are spelled exactly the same in English, but we have two pronunciations based on context, right? So it's really not that difficult if the language is being used. But what was happening around 900 years after Jesus, there was a group of scribes called the Masorites. And they were worried about the Hebrew language going extinct because it was, and it actually did. No one was using Hebrew. You say, well, what about Yiddish? Yiddish isn't Hebrew, okay? So Hebrew went extinct. So they were worried about this. So they put vowel points different dots and stuff around these consonants, and that tells you how to pronounce them. Well, the problem with this word, this word is the name of God. This is God's personal name. It's also a sacred name. So I believe early on when people would read the scriptures, they would read this name, and they knew how to pronounce it. But after a while, people got real pious and said, God's name is so holy, we shouldn't even pronounce it. So they would, even today, you'll see G-D. So they won't even say God. Uh, many today won't even say God that are Jewish. Okay, so it, they would replace this word with another word. Instead of saying God, they might say heaven, or they might say Adonai, which means Lord. And actually, that's what they did a lot. They would say Lord when they came to this word. They would replace it. So when they translated this in, in different languages, eventually in English, that tradition continued. This is God's personal name, his sacred name. So this is a very important name. It's all through the Bible. Usually when you find it in the King James and many of the English versions, you're going to find capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. So how do we pronounce this? Well, the one way to pronounce it is Yahweh. So it just depends on where you add the vowels. Yahweh, you've heard of Yahweh. And, and that might be how we should be pronouncing it. We just don't know for sure because we, we don't have the, the, the information. Or, as the many people have and the King James authors have, it could be pronounced Yehovah. So now you hear Yehovah. The J came along later. How many of you have a J name in, in your name somewhere, first, second, and third? Okay, that's a more modern invention, the J. If you're in Mexico, they called me Jaime or James. You know, I'm like, what? what's James? It's James. <laughs> so it's funny what you learn when you're young. The bottom line is you could say Yahweh or Jehovah. So our Bible, the King James, uses Jehovah. It actually translates it Jehovah four times in the Old Testament. But most of the time when it comes to that word, it uh, replaces it with all caps LORD, okay? So that kind of helps you a little bit understand this. By the way, Jehovah 
means redeemer or deliverer. And that's in context of Exodus when God was going to deliver Israel. His name was Jehovah. So is it wrong to say Jehovah? That's another question. We're going to get to that in a second. So let's go back to this Psalm uh, 110 verse 1. Now we know what the first Lord means. What does the second Lord mean? Well, this Lord means, this is the word Adonai, this Hebrew word Adonai. It's pretty simple. It just means master or Lord. Okay, so that one's actually a proper translation right there of Lord. So we have Jehovah, the Lord, Jehovah, said unto my Lord, this is David's Lord, which is his master, his Adonai, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies my footstool. So now let's go to where Jesus used this. I love this. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, what think ye of Christ? By the way, this word Christ is just a, a Latinized version of Messiah. Okay, so if you say Messiah, you're saying Christ. If you're saying Christ, you're saying Messiah, or Mashiach is how they would pronounce it uh, today in Hebrew. Okay, so Christ, Messiah is the same word. What think ye of Christ? So when we say Jesus Christ, we're saying Jesus, his personal name, his given name, his human name, Jesus, the Messiah, okay, the promised one, the anointed one. So what think ye of Christ, Jesus said? Whose son is he? Isn't this interesting? Because they would say that, that the Messiah wouldn't be a son. They said unto him, the son of David, because they knew that Psalm quote. So they know the Messiah is going to be the son of David or descendant of David. And then Jesus said unto them, the Pharisees, how can both David in spirit call him Lord, saying, the Lord, there it is, said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand. So Jehovah said unto Adonai, or master or Lord, sit thou at my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? How could the Messiah, who is the son of David, David say that he is the master if he's really the son of David. See how Jesus turned this, and you can only understand this in one way. And no man was able to answer him a word. Now, before I get to the next question, let me just explain this. The only way David's son could also be David's Lord is Christmas. The incarnation, God becoming man. The eternal son of God coming to the earth as a human. And another question was uh, pretty complicated about embryos and chromosomes and stuff like this. Let's just say it this way. Jesus was Mary's son biologically, but not Joseph's son biologically. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Okay? Real simple answer to that question. The incarnation, he was born into the family of David, and that is the only way to explain Psalm 110. Are you ready for an adventure like no other? Dive into a world of discovery within Grace's exclusive video series, Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. Immerse yourself in the awe-inspiring beauty of the Grand Canyon and uncover the captivating evidence of Noah's flood. This incredible series is yours when you give any amount to InGrace. Simply call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com. 
When your gift is $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series, A Tour of Noah's Ark with Ken Ham and Ark of Noah, which explores the geological evidence that supports the Bible. For your gift of $100 or more, you can enjoy our entire Creation Series bundle, including eight sensational video series. Call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com. That's 800-78-GRACE, ingraceradio.com, or write to P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Don't miss out on this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Again, that's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. The next question goes in depth, and that is, in the Bible, names and their meanings are of great importance. In Exodus, God offers his name to Moses that it might be given to his people. Why do we not refer to him in the personal sense? By using the name, there it is, the questioner is asking it properly, which could be either Yahweh or Jehovah, the personal name of God, but rather a more generic term, God and the Lord. Should we say Yehovah, Jehovah, Yahweh, or God, do we say Yeshua? Do we say Yehovah? You know, how do we pronounce God? Exodus 3, so God, Elohim, said unto Moses, I am that I am. There's more than one name of God. Why? Because God has many attributes and characteristics. So every time you come to an episode or event like here with God at the burning bush and saying, who should I tell Pharaoh that sent me? And God says, Elohim says, say, I am sent you. And God, Elohim again, said, moreover unto Moses, thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, the Lord, now we know that this means what? Jehovah or Yeshua, okay? And God, Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has sent me unto you that this is my name forever and this is my memorial unto all generations. Isn't that interesting? All those different titles and names of God are in there, including I am, Jehovah, and Elohim. So Elohim is the official title of God, and many, many times in the Bible when you see G, capital G, small O-D, that's Elohim. And it means strong one. It's the official title of God. I am that I am is another interesting uh, name of God. It's is actually his name. When it's used, it's never used standalone. You never just say I am, right? You say I am going to the store or I am tired, right? But when you use it as a standalone word, it is the ultimate statement of self-existence and self-sufficiency. And only God can say, I am. Isn't it interesting? Another name for Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. What does that mean? The beginning and the end of the Greek alphabet. The first and the last. The A to the Z. There's nothing else. I am. Self-existent, self-sustaining. I don't rely on someone else to exist, to operate. I am. Jesus is the I am, the beginning and the end, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Jesus fits the criteria also because he is God. So Jesus in the Greek, Isos. Jesus in the Hebrew, Yeshua. So what are we going to say? We're going to say I believe Jesus died for me or Yeshua died for me. If you're speaking to someone Jewish, you might say Yeshua. If you're speaking to someone that's Greek, you might say Jesus. But if you're speaking to someone English, use the English Jesus. It's fine. That's what you should call him. There are so many names of God and Jesus. Why is that? Well, because each of the names of God describe a different aspect of his many-faceted character. 
And if you start to understand God and all these different facets of his character, think of a diamond and all the amazing facets of that diamond. It's the one diamond, but they all describe or showcase a certain part of him. El Elyon, El Olam, El Shaddai. And then Jehovah has similar compounds. Jehovah Jireh, this is one of my favorite. The Lord will provide. Jehovah, the personal name of God. So when God said stop, or an angel said stop, in the thicket was a ram. Don't kill your son, there's a provision. Jehovah Jireh, God, personal name of God will provide. Isn't that neat? And then all through scripture we have other ones, the God that healeth, Jehovah Rapha, the God Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner, or the Lord our victory. You know, you have a victory banner. Uh, and again, all through scripture, study this out. Jehovah Kadash, the Lord thus sanctified. Jehovah Shalom, Shalom, you've heard of that, right? The God of peace. And Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. We have Jehovah Shama, the Lord is there. Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. Again, go back and read these. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is Jehovah Raha. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What about the names of Jesus? Well, do you know there's about 200 names and titles of Jesus? Now, we're not going to go through 200, but we can go through a few. But why are there so many names of God? Why are there so many names of Jesus? Because they have a way to describe every attribute, work, nature, or person of the Trinity or position of the Trinity. So Jesus Jesus, that name is his name. It's his given name. It's his personal name. Like Jehovah is the name of God, Almighty God, his sacred name. Jesus is his given name by God. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So Jesus means salvation. It means everything to us, right? How about Emmanuel? It's another name for Jesus. In Matthew 1, 23, in two verses from the one we just read about the virgin will be with child, bring forth a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. When you sing about Emmanuel, you're singing about God with us. Jesus entered, God entered humanity, became a man, God with us. The Word, when you read in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word. See how that's capitalized? That's a proper name. That's the name of Jesus. In the beginning was the word, the logos is the Greek word. He is the logos. Why? Because if you want to convey your thoughts and expressions to someone, what do you use? If you want to tell your wife, I love you, what do you do? You say, here's a diamond ring. No, you say, whew, I just put myself in a hole, didn't I? You say, I love you. Now, you can show your wife you love you too. But the way we can express our thoughts and emotions to another person is by words. Jesus is the ultimate thought and expression of God the Father to mankind. He is the word, the logos. He's the chief cornerstone, Ephesians 2. He's the firstborn of every creature, Colossians 1. He's the holy one, Acts 3. He's the light of the world. That's a name, a title. He's the son of God. He's the son of man. By the way, the Son of God is used in Scripture to talk about his deity. The Son of Man is used in Scripture, and he used it a lot of himself to describe his humanity. He is God-man. He is God 100%. He is man 100%, except for one thing. He doesn't have sin. 
He's that I am. He said I am. By the way, they did not like it because they knew that was a name of God in the time of the burning bush. Jesus said, I am. Boy, they knew exactly what he was saying. The bread of life, wonderful description of Jesus. You eat one time of that wonderful bread and you never go hungry again. He is the good shepherd, John 10. He's the resurrection and the life, John 11. He's the savior, say amen. He's the savior. Don't you love all these names of God and of Jesus? And there's so many more. I mean, you could just take a whole year and just study the Bible and find the names of God and how that, it's gonna bring meaning to you. And, and you're gonna be in some situation where you're gonna say, Lord, I sure need your provision right now. I know that you are Jehovah Jireh. I know you will provide. He's provided a sacrifice for our sins. Since we couldn't sacrifice ourselves for our sins because we're sinners, Jesus came sinless and he died. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, he shall save his people from their sins. We have sin. All of us have sin. Jesus had none. But yet he was put onto a cross and he died and he bled out and he was put into a grave and three days he rose again. He paid for your sin. And he is God because he rose again and only God can rise himself from the grave. Therefore, Anyone who will believe in him has eternal life. You say, well, I believe all that until you said all you have to do is believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what Jesus said, the word, the word. You think he's gonna use words he didn't mean? No, he's the word. The Bible says that it's by grace that you're saved through faith. The same word as believe in Greek, it's just a, one's a verb, one's a noun. If you believe, you have faith. If you have faith, you believe. Believe what? Believe that Jesus, the Son of God, died on a cross for my sins and rose again. God loves you. Jesus died for you. It's not of works. It's by faith. All you have to do is receive that. May we praise God for all that he's done in salvation and in keeping us and in helping us, providing for us, protecting us, healing us. Think of all those things that God is. It's in his name. And I hope that your name is written down in the book of life. <laughs> that is, that you have believed that Jesus died for your sins. You've stopped trying to save yourself. And you realize that you can be saved, but you put your trust in Jesus. He's the son of God who died for your sins on a cross. And he rose again the third day and he's alive and he wants to save you. He's invited you to put your faith in him. And if you'll do that, you'll be saved today and forever. We would love to get you equipped on knowing what the Bible is all about. One of the books that we really need to know is the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis tells us why there's sin, there's pain, there's cancer in the world. And it also tells us about a massive event that happened that really would have changed geology and it would have formed all the layers and fossils that we find. So what we'd like to do is take you on a Grand Canyon rafting adventure. We call it Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure because Ellie, a young lady, went with her mom and dad. We tell their story. Her mom lost her leg because of cancer. She's really a miracle to have even been born, Ellie. And uh, this adventure will also show you the beauty of the Grand Canyon in 
in an adventure format. And you'll also find out why all these layers prove the flood of Noah and not the Colorado River forming the Grand Canyon. Our way of thanking you for your gift to Ingrace this month is this adventure video series. So we'd like for you to call us today, 1-800-78-GRACE, or go to ingraceradio.com, make a gift of any amount, and get Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. If your gift is $35 or more, we'll send you two more videos about Noah's Flood and the Ark. If your gift is $100, we'll send you eight creation adventures, all videos that will really help you understand the book of Genesis. Dive into a world of discovery with Ingrace's exclusive video series, Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. This incredible series is yours when you give any amount to Ingrace. When your gift is $35 or more, you'll also receive two more video series about Noah's Flood, or get the entire eight-series creation bundle for $100. Call 800-78-GRACE, visit ingraceradio.com, or write to P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois. 60047. Thank you for joining us on Ingrace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. Ingrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at Ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on Ingrace Radio. Radio.